and welcome to Cat Out of the Bag. I'm Cat Hennessy, and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Hello, queens, and welcome back to another week of Cats Out of the Bag. Today, I have the most fabulous Cherry Dana or Dana on the podcast, and we're going to be talking everything about her career, her podcast, her life, you know, everything she experiences doing OnlyFans, lots of really interesting questions. So um, I'm sure you guys are going to absolutely love this episode. So let's bring her in. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) This is exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. So um, I guess for my listeners that don't know who you are, do you want to just kind of give a little bit of a explanation slash intro to who you are and what you do? Yeah. So uh, my social name that I've, I guess I've been on social media now for 12 years and my name across social media, if people don't know me, is Cherry Dana. Um, My real name is Dana and Cherry kind of comes from uh, my my history in the adult entertainment industry and my stage name, as you call it. So I had to invent a name and I used to use um, a hair color. My hair was like bright red, like I'm blonde now, so it's hard to imagine. But I had bright red hair and I used to like kind of, I used fudge and the color fudge I used was cherry bomb. So that's how I got my stage name, Cherry. Um, Yeah. And yeah, being in the adult entertainment industry for 12 years, I have a background in lingerie, topless waitressing, stripping, um, digital content creation, which I have done for like the past six years. Um, Believe it or not, um, there were apps around before OnlyFans. Really? Yeah. yeah, so many platforms around before OnlyFans. Cool. Um, yeah, and I've been on OnlyFans since like 2016, 17. So before the influx of everyone during COVID. Well, that's a pretty good place to be then. Yeah. It's, um, I went off it for a little bit because the platform itself was a little bit slow, but they've really... Um, put a lot of, I guess, time, effort and money into the back end of it. And it's an absolute machine. It's like LinkedIn and Facebook combined. Really? That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I've spoken to a few girls on my podcast about OnlyFans and I just find it so interesting. And I feel like each person I speak to, I learn more and more about it. So I'm so excited to hear about like your opinions and views on everything. (laughs) Just, yeah get cracking on yeah. it. Um, I guess before we dive into all of that, I'd always ask my um, guests, what is something that no one knows about you? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much an open book. Am I allowed to swear? Because I swear yeah, a lot. Swear, so. <laughs> swear all you want. Um, I'm pretty much an open book, to be honest. Something people don't know. You're like, everyone knows everything about me. Everyone knows everything, even the fact that I used to pay for escorts myself. Okay, Um, go more into this. Yeah. Um, So I think it was about last year or a year ago, I went through a phase where um, I would pay for sex because it kind of, you know, with dating, there's a lot of – 
I guess the guys you come across, there's a lot of ego and um, I find a lot of people are just swiping to be validated and mm-hmm. I, it's hard to date. Yeah, And it's hard to date when you add the adult entertainment industry on top of it and having a large social media. I feel like a lot of people will match with me just to be able to like brag with their friends and be like, oh, I've matched with her. But there's no one who's actually like physically wanting to meet up with you in person, either um, too scared or intimidated to have sex with you. Their penis doesn't get hard. There's like so many different things, whereas... I got to the point where I also wanted to pay for sex because I was paying for discretion. Mm. So I didn't have Ooh, I people that. like, yeah, I, I find just like the whole bragging thing and like sharing with their mates and like commenting on your social media, tagging their friends. It's like, it's very like, I felt like you're trying to have sex with or sleep with or date kids in year seven. Like it can feel kind of degrading in a way. It's like you just you're a normal person out there as well. Yeah, I feel like it's really hard for people outside of the social media world and the entertainment industry to be able to separate um, work and personal life. Mm-hmm. It's like I Dana am trying to have sex for my personal life and personal fulfillment, and girls have needs like. Uh, stress relief. I like to have sex. Who doesn't? But yeah, but I feel like me having sex with Dana, there's a lot of guys that are just trying to have sex with Cherry. Mm. Yeah. And not kind of fulfilling your needs is that you want as a woman, like that isn't, you know, your, your stage, stage presence or internet presence. If, if that make would that the right way to say it? Yeah. I mean, look for me, like, you know, I, I like it's like I've never even thought about doing something like that. But the amount of times I've had sex that are with a guy that I've gone on a date with or been chatting to on Tinder or something, and it's fucking terrible. Like it's not just you not getting yeah. the heart on or them, you know. It's 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 just fucking dating, and it's like if if you're gonna be able to pay someone and have a really great route, why wouldn't yeah. you? Like rather than having this mediocre sex and dealing with the fact of like maybe sitting down and having a shitty conversation with someone who's probably trying to find out inf- personal information about you that you don't yeah. really like talking about. Like I can, I've, I've preached bloody to you or whatever. Like I, I feel you. Well, and also like they make an effort. Of course they're clean, they shower, they smell good. They're like, to be honest, I think a lot of people view the industry to be dirty or like troubled kind of people and whatnot, but sex workers are generally meant to be some of the cleanest and safest because they're regularly getting checked. They're using project using protection and all these things where I feel like if you go out on a date with someone, the amount of people that try to have um, like unprotected sex these days is like, so many. Everyone oh. prefers it just because it feels better. I, I like almost feel uncomfortable. I mean, I've, I've recently got a partner now, but I've been single yeah. for many, many years. And like men would almost make me feel as though I was, you know, out of line asking for them to put a condom on. Like it was just this thing that <laughs> wasn't appropriate. And that's so yeah. fucked up. Like I should, if I feel more comfortable at, um, because you're wearing a condom or I don't know who you slept with yesterday or last week. hundred percent. 
fucking put it on and they make you feel like if you don't do it that you're not giving them everything they want. Yeah, or the excuse that it, oh, it hurts my penis, it's too tight, it doesn't fit. It's like, mate, your dick's not that big, it fits. I <laughs> TikTok um, a few weeks ago and it was like, to all the men that think their dick is too big for a condom. And she literally like put her <gasps> oh, leg. Did you see it? No. Oh, yes. And she puts her leg in the condom and stretches it. Yeah. And it's like her whole fucking leg fits. Like it goes all the way up to her thigh. <laughs> There's no fucking thigh dick going around. So like bullshit. <laughs> I wish there was. I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, me too. Me too. Very, be very interesting. But yeah. yeah so it's, it's um, hard. Hey, so. So, yeah, sorry, is that something you're still doing now or did you just kind of experiment with that last No. Year? No. So I was kind of in the phase where it's like um, I work a lot and it'll get to like a four, four-month mark and I'm like I get that like itch where I'm like, oh, I need like a stress relief. I, I need some sort of physical interaction and I, I don't date often. Um, like I think I've been on one date this year and that was last week and that went nowhere because he actually cancelled our second date and then our second attempt from the second date. So I don't really have good luck when it comes to dating, to be honest. I get cancelled on quite a fair bit. Awful. Um, yeah. Think, but like I did have this in one of my my questions was, you know, do you think that it is, let me, where's my, where's my question screen? Got, got it. In is, has it got to do with um, the industry? Yeah, it was, it was, I said, um, where is it? I guess it was more just like, do you, where is it? Um, you, um, it was more, I pretty much said, do you have a partner, which you obviously don't, but nope. um, <laughs> how do you, if, have you, have you had partners in the past since you've been doing this? Sure and, have. So and how have they I've been doing it? Yeah, for, forever. How, yeah. how how is it like? You know, how is how have those relationships gone? And how how how's how have you navigated through that? I guess. I guess. Well, they've all been through different stages. Because like, I'm I'm trying to look back now because I've been in the industry for twelve years. Um, me, I'm like forever. It's like. But I mean, 12 years yeah. is a long time. <laughs> well, it is if you think about it because I got into, at 19, I moved to Mexico and I came back home at 21 and then I moved to Sydney to study dance and fitness full-time, which got me into lingerie waitressing to pay for um, tuition because it was so expensive. So that was pretty much like 22. So I started having sex at around 16. So majority of my sexual life would be while I'm in the industry. So when I went viral, I, I went viral on Snapchat. What made you go um, viral? Back in the day, because oh, <laughs> I've been around for a while. Was Snapchat just the fucking Snapchat, yes. Before they had rules, before they tried to uh, sign with um payment payment processes to be able to take money and stuff like that. Um, it was kind of free. It was very much like a nudie exchange kind of app and there weren't many public accounts or large accounts. So 
I saw this girl called Sedgy Fergo over in England and she was doing topless on a public story. And I was like, you know what? I could do what she's doing. Um, so I did. And I was the top Australian account. I had like 620,000 daily views on Snapchat. Wow. Back then. Yeah, it was really good. Snapchat has to be, I think, to this day, one of the best turnover for to push social traffic. Wow. If you can keep your account. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that was another one of my questions. Like uh, other girls I've spoken to, other women I've spoken to um, have said that they've had issues with their accounts being taken down and all yeah. things. Have you faced issues like that on social media? <laughs> I think in a matter of, um, what was it, like three days or something, I lost like over a million followers. <gasps> But you have like 900 and something K on one of your accounts. No, no, this was combined accounts. So Snapchat, I lost a um, backup Instagram account. I lost um, a Facebook page pretty much all at the same time. It's like they were targeting to just pull you from the internet, which they do. But it's also, how do I word this? It's... I've been on Instagram a long time and it's very easy to tell patterns and botting. So when people put lots of uh, fake accounts on your, your account. Mm. Um, so they do this to like sabotage large accounts and successful accounts by putting a whole bunch of fake, fake accounts on your Instagram or whatnot. When you post, they take majority of the accounts off to ruin your activity. So it's kind of like stuffing up your engagement because Instagram shows your most recent posts to people. So if they're removing people, it's like no one wants to see your stuff. They're unfollowing you. And they do it on, take it off, do it on, take it off. I've never heard They of do it. Yeah, they do it with so many accounts and like with likes and things like that. And I constantly report so many fake accounts of me every day on Instagram and I've noticed that when you report an account pretending to be you, it's like they put you in a mini shadow band while they're trying to figure out if you're real or fake, like which one's real. So is and is they hide you that way. Is it it's it's is it just people creating accounts of you, or is it also they're creating fake accounts of randoms that are following? Randoms, yeah. So like a so bot type thing. Yeah, A and B. Um, well, I've never I used heard to th- that. That is fun. yeah. I. I used to think it came from um, porn sites. Yeah. Um, because I created an account on Pornhub many, many years ago just to be able to take my name back. So not just like Pornhub. I love Pornhub. I, I watch Pornhub all the time. Um, but love it too. Other, uh, yeah, other porn sites use names to rank higher in SEO. And use screen cover for images and SEO tags of people's names for clickbait. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like this, I could talk forever about social media. It's really like there's so much and so many different things with how people are sabotaging people's accounts and just reporting. I think TikTok is annoying because it's like you can constantly get reported mm-hmm. and they just damage your account and hide it no matter what. It's so, they, they don't really care. It's so hard as well when like it's your source of income and like I think people just don't understand how much social media can impact your, you know, your income, your your brand, like all sorts of things and it's just like 
yeah, it's, it's, it's really frustrating and like trying to kind of navigate around that. I just can't even imagine how that would feel like. Very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I I know we completely missed the relationship question because I went on a tangent and talked about something. This is very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So, so obviously, yeah. So you've been in the relation in, sorry, in the industry for 12 years. So you've had partners through um, the 12 years. Yeah. So one of my, when I was going viral, one of, it was actually one of my most toxic relationships and I uh, stayed in it for longer than I should have stayed in it. Um, he, the reason he was attracted to me in the first place was because he was one of my followers. Mm. And what attracted him to me initially, he resented me for after he got feelings for me and we were in a relationship. And then I guess that's when lies, cheating, um, controlling, like all those kind of toxic traits start to appear just because of insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have noticed that it does take a mental toll on not just that one relationship, but it has been a consistent pattern across multiple relationships where now they don't really last like three months, to be honest, if I, if I do have a relationship, just, I think, the guys get into the relationship for the wrong reason mm. and then they get overwhelmed with the insecurities and the feelings built up around it and they can't handle social media, guys commenting on your social media, um, people looking at your stuff. They don't want to share you, mm. as they say. Um, but I was already doing that before they came along. So That's the hardest thing. It's like they didn't get into this relationship with you not knowing it, who, who you are or what you do. Yeah. Like they, they got into it willingly and then it's like that, you know, control kind of factor come, yeah, comes into play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had that too just in, I guess, different kind of circumstances and it's it's so hard when you think someone's different and then it just kind of rolls into them not being like that and then being yeah, kind of the, what would, what's the saying when um, they let the, oh, my God, I'm having a mind blank. But, I've, you know, I've had relationships where they put their, oh, my God, what is wrong with me? My brain's not working today. It's, it's not like the pedestal thing where they put you no, on a pedestal and then. No, it's more like, the, like you know, you've got your rose-coloured glass. It's like they're on their best behaviour and then, like, yeah. they say there's, like, a three-month job in, job trial yeah. and a six-month job trial and, like, three months they're amazing, six months, like, their true colours start to come out and, like, yeah, yeah I've, I've had that too and it's fucked. So, yeah, I mean, is is it something, do, do you want a relationship? Is that something you think you're looking for? <laughs> Who was that? I was talking to, I'm really good friends with um, Dean Wells. He was on, um, yeah, on Maps. Maps many years ago. So I talk to him all the time about these things. I rang him today actually about podcast advice. But <laughs> apart from that, I was talking to him. I watched this movie. I, I'm not too sure the name of it. I'm really bad with names of things. It's got Jennifer Aniston in it. It's on Netflix at the moment. And it's about how she got to an age where she wanted to have a baby and she's not being able to find anyone. So she did the sperm donation and, yeah, inseminated, got pregnant, that mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, oh, for me right now, I, so I'm 35. I did egg freezing last year. Um, and I'm kind of at the point with dating, like you are dating to be in a relationship. But I feel most guys around my age bracket 
are so confused or not emotionally available or they're dating 20-year-olds, like early 20-year-olds because they're so chill. Yeah, or it allows them <laughs> As like you get, more time. And they're really attractive. I got told that. Um, and they do that. But it's, it's kind of like you, you're dating it because they're chill, but you could still have that with somebody else if you're emotionally available and took the time to communicate. Mm-hmm. But a lot like, of just don't have that maturity about them. That's what my, I mean, I'm 28, my partner's 38, and I have never dated anyone that is so like my level at a maturity sense. And yeah, I've had boyfriends who, like my ex even, we were just comp- on completely different paths and like, he made me crazy in a sense because he he didn't come to the part to come to the table on like you know emotional support communication like he did a lot of shady stuff and it's just like yes <laughs> you know if you have that like open communication between two people anything can yeah. work. It doesn't matter if you want a fucking baby in six months or you don't want a baby for five years it's like it's 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 it comes down to yeah maturity thing and and I think like your person's out there it's just you obviously haven't met them yet and that's fine. It's like we just yeah. need to kind of stop. I feel like society just puts so much pressure on us. Well, it is. I, I remember when I turned 30, I think I had a lot of pressure from my mom and my grandma and society deeming that by the age of 30, you should be married. You should have kids. You should have this stereotypical life. And I was like really upset with myself because I was like, I'm under delivering. I'm, no one wants me. I should be at this stage because that's what everyone's telling me that I should be at, I should be doing these things. And then it took me about a year or so to realize that's actually not what I wanted back then. Like I would love it now, but I also work quite a fair bit. And that, like you said before, with your ex making you a little bit like crazy, like I don't want to be stuck in a relationship or with someone who's making me uh, emotionally unbalanced and all my energy is just going to them because it's not a healthy relationship. So rather be single and be doing you and growing your empire than waste your energy being with someone who doesn't make you feel fucking phenomenal. And hundred percent. All my friends are getting married and having babies. And I mean, Matt and I have only been dating since January, but I literally the Friday night before we went on a date, I was sitting with my girlfriend being like, I just feel like I'm getting left behind. I feel like you know, everyone's in all these really long-term relationships and I haven't met my person and out of nowhere he came and I'm so happy now. But, you know, because I had that really good solid stint being single and focusing on myself, building relationships with my girlfriends and, you know, I was so ready for it. But, yeah, it's just I'd so much rather be me and do me than not be happy. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's kind of what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's It's hard, but your person will be out there. And I mean, no matter what kind of process you choose to go down or anything like that, you'll be, you'll be happy. And, you know, everything happens for a reason, you know, hundred percent. That's why I'm like, mm, next year I'll possibly look into a uh, sperm donor, but then that movie kind of made me a bit upset. Cause I was like, Oh, everyone looks good on paper, but what are they like really like? I'm a little bit like really picky. When it comes to like, if, if I was birthing a random child, I probably would be picky too. You know, yeah, like you kind of want to know what they look like, like what mental health, like 
everything. Well, not mental health issues, but like what their, I guess their family history is like. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm sure you can find that out though. Like I'm sure if you, you know, did sperm donating, there'd be something that, um, you know, stated if there was like cancer in the family or, you know, bipolar or something. I'm sh- I'm sure like that'd have to be. Yeah. I don't know the process that they go through. I know they, uh, the process for women to donate their eggs is a lot harder than what it is for men to donate their sperm. Really? Mm-hmm. I looked into this because I, well, I've done my um, egg retrieval and I froze 23 eggs, I think, which is amazing. A solid number. Yeah. So and um, if I don't use my eggs, I wanted to donate them to my younger sister because she lost one of her ovaries. Oh. Um, that's like really a year ago, I think it was. Yeah. So if I don't use them or maybe we could like do half, half or something. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. That's really sweet of you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's such a good thing to do as well. If you kind of get to get to a stage where you're like, okay, you know, this might not be for me now, but do I want this op- opportunity when I later in life? And I mean, I, I would 100% do the same. I know it's like, yeah a bit of an intense process going through like the hormone injections and everything. But I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a priceless kind of venture when you, when you do it, you know? Yep. <laughs> um, so I guess like, so you said you went overseas and you came back when you were 21 and, you know, started doing the titty waitressing, which we love, um, <laughs> to help pay for your um, tuition. So like, tell me about how you kind of progressed in the industry and like, you know, you started, like, what did you do next? You know, you said something about adult entertainment. Is that like porn? Like, tell tell me everything. Like, I don't even know what porn is. So, ah, uh, God, where do I start? So I've always kind of been a bit more ahead of the game um, out here. Uh, America's always very much ahead of the game, but I remember, so I used to waitress at venues mm-hmm. and when I was waitressing at venues, I, I say when ahead of the game, I think more ahead on social media, I was using Instagram, Snapchat, all these platforms that people weren't really up to date with. They didn't really care about it. Um, and my Instagram, I think, I built it or I grew it to like 150K. So I lost my first account at 10,000 followers, which back in the day, it was really hard to grow your Instagram. Now it's easy. Like anything can go viral because the algorithms just push that way. I feel like Instagram's so hard now. I feel like back in the day it was so much easier. And now it's like, I'm, I'm so been so stagnant for months. I've lost 90,000 followers in like the past two years. So I, every time I post, I lose a thousand followers. So I just, I'm disheartened by Instagram. I just don't really care to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. But I guess just posting and being consistent, which other girls weren't. And when I would go to jobs, I would get people at the waitressing jobs to either add me on Instagram or add me on Snapchat. Good when I started going viral on Snapchat, I started promoting the venues I was working at to get people to come meet me and to like boost, I guess, boost it that way. Um, I was signed with agencies at that time and I got a little bit disappointed in them because I would promote for a week which venue I would be at and then come last minute on the day, they would change my venue. 
and send another girl there. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was like, you know what, fuck you if you're going to be like that. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, right. Like, and then I just started looking like an idiot promoting a venue and then me not turning up, but they're trying to get all those people for other girls. And it's like, don't work that way. No, especially anyway, so I, the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up leaving working with agencies and then just freelancing, which I thought at the time was like, oh my God, my bread and butter and like venues, I'm going to lose them. But I ended up doing really well. And my social media went viral and it was growing. Instagram, I traveled a lot. Um, I met like a few people over in the States. Um, I I should have listened. I didn't listen to. I don't know if you know Curtis the Paul when Vine was really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember Vine? Yeah. They're like six-second videos. Yeah. yeah. So I made friends with Curtis um, off that. And in the States, he like tried to warn me. He's like, you need to stop posting like nude content on Snapchat. Like you're going to lose your account. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Lost my account. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's when I lost like the three accounts with over a million followers in like three days. I was like, this oh. is just shit. How did that make you feel? I cried. Now, oh. now if I lose an account, I'm just like, I'm so, I'm, I'm like 12 years in. I'm like, fuck, fuck it. Again. Like, yeah, I do, it's very disheartening. Like it. If I start a new account, to be honest, it gets reported straight away. If I start a new business, it gets reported straight away. It's just people just constantly sabotaging you. I, it would be great to be able to start something and not be attacked left, right, and center. Mm. Um, yeah. So what's your kind of way around that now? I don't really have a way around it. It's the same with, um, I don't know, like running a business and outsourcing people to like work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the minute they find out you're a part of like the adult entertainment industry, people just like don't take you seriously. And they're interested in taking your money, but they're not interested in providing a service. They just feel like they're entitled to your money. It's been quite a large issue um, what do you, for many, many years. What do you mean by that? Like, can you give me an example? <sighs> Let's say SEO for the studio. I opened a photography studio, photography and event studio here in Sydney. Yeah. Um, just like outsourcing, I guess, people for that, them under delivering, but they're quite okay to like take your money. Um, PR agencies, I've had so many issues with PR agencies in the past just taking money and not delivering. Mm. Um, websites, I got a website built about five years ago I spent 20 grand on that and never delivered a website a functioning website um, a payment gateway because you can't get payment gateways in Australia because Australian banks don't support the adult entertainment industry that's why we use platforms such as OnlyFans um, Celeb TV Pornhub things like that because we actually can't take money and if you are taking money you're not taking enough money to be cancelled off that platform yet Mm. Right. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. So that's why OnlyFans is great. And that's why OnlyFans and other platforms take such large percentages, such as like 20%, 25%, because they deal with the banks and the merchant fees, refunds. Refunds are like headaches. Mm, but they I deal with, yeah, they deal with all that stuff for you. 
and the complaints. So that just is just an extra thing you don't need to worry about. Yeah. It would be easier. I've looked into it for like the past few years and how to, because I, I originally built a website, Cherry DTV. I embedded blogs and um, porn and my own content. I wanted people to be able to like have everything in one space, kind of like um, the chive. Mm-hmm. Guys were my target audience, but then added porn to it. But I couldn't really monetize it that well. And I couldn't get a payment gateway because I am Australian. And to set up a payment gateway overseas, I would have to pay tax there and then tax again on any money that came in here. So it's pretty much... You just lose out. Maybe. You, you, yeah. It's, it's pretty shit, to be honest. We, we literally are so far behind as a country. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Mm. I think that's part of the reason why I like do this podcast is just because, you know, the lack of sexual, you know, sexual awareness or like education, anything like what I dealt with growing up. And, um, I was pretty experimental from a young age, got slut shamed, struggled really badly Mm -hmm. with it. Didn't learn anything. I've had multiple situations with guys where they've, you know, been forceful or, you know, just in, just in, um, inappropriate and that came back down to them not like learning basic things that are so fundamental in for women and sex and everything like that so yeah you know it's I I want to make these podcasts and like speak to incredible women like you so we can educate people out there and make them understand that this stuff does need a change and you know it's going to take people like us to do that so yeah Yeah. it's fucked (laughs) That's kind of why we started the podcast. Well, the podcast kind of goes hand in hand. So the Adults Corner, um, a podcast I co-host with Chloe Palance. She is a uh, dominatrix. So amazing. my experience, yeah, my experience within the industry um, is very different to her experience within the industry because we're under the same umbrella but complete opposite extremes. Yeah. Um, so we started the podcast pretty much to talk openly about taboo topics to do with like sex and like butt play and how to get started in safety, I guess, because I know most people like to blame porn um, because it's easy to do. But at the end of the day, porn's the only thing we have to look at for quick answers because there is nothing educational out there teaching us what are the safe practices. How do we ask for consent? How do we do all these things? It's starting to get a lot better now with, I guess, written blogs on how to ask for consent, but there's nothing visual out there that's teaching people or instructional on how to do these things. Mm, And people, yeah, people want to explore these kinks and fetishes or just anything. Um, And also people to know that they're not alone and they're normal to do certain sexual things and, yeah. yeah. Well, you notice it a lot on our TikTok. We get a lot of comments because um, our TikTok grew actually, it, it kind of did really well. Um, we've grown it to like, oh, I'm not going to say we, I'm going to say I because I run all the social. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's it's kind of like my forte. But um, <laughs> uh, I grew it to like 80,000 followers in like three weeks. Wow. And yeah, we got a lot of comments in regards to like 
certain topics, especially around like the dominatrix and like butt play and people, I guess, shaming other people for wanting things in their butt or saying it's unhealthy and just there's so many things. But also I noticed, which um, I just blows my mind, I use the word female, which I, I learned on the podcast through TikTok that it's wrong to say the word female. I don't know your views on it, right. but well, yes, no, I didn't. I I just say female because I, I don't have an issue with the word. No, um, and I use women and female in I guess the context, however it best fits. So I used the word female and got attacked on TikTok for using the term female and how degrading it was, degrading female down to a body organ. And I'm like, but I don't view the word female that way. I feel like if if you choose to hand the power of a word over to somebody else for them to degrade it, then you're giving the power of that word away. Like, I'm confident. I'm a female. I have no problem saying the word female. So Never heard that in my life. There are so many people that you can't do anything uh, right these days. Like you really can't. I was like, but I don't understand why other women are attacking me by using the word female. Like, I, it was quite odd. That's wild. <laughs> I've I've never heard. Yeah. That I mean, I'd I'd love yeah. to kind of understand it more, and you know, it's 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 just hard because I don't I don't view that as a bad word either I think me neither I think women I think females I think we're fucking awesome I think everyone's awesome so it's like why can't why can you not use that word but that comes again (laughs) with like it's so like with social media and everything these days it's so hard to do anything without getting you know cancelled or um you know people paying you out or whatever so yeah right so, yeah, so obviously, so you went freelance and um, started doing your Snapchat and stuff. And then what kind of yeah. came next? Um, so then I met with, um, I went to the States and I came across um, an app owner. He actually had an app, which was quite rare because anything adult content can't run through an app store. Um, and it was called Soup App. And I was one of the first ones he got a few Instagram account holders to be ambassador, kind of like to use the app and push traffic there essentially. Um, And that was a really good app. Gave me RSI in my right hand. But apart from that, thank God they've updated things and you can bulk (laughs) message now. But it was a coin-based app. So people could view your story or your feed and they had to pay coin, a coin value to unlock it. And you could do videos and photos. You could also do messages and send, I guess, content to be unlocked. Um, when that app first came out, I think I was on it for three days and I ended up making like three and a half grand US. And I was just posting, not even responding to messages. Wow. That's phenomenal. Yeah, like... It was good. And then it started to pick up and then they changed the algorithm, the coin value on it. So you had to work a bit harder. Um, and then they started targeting, like OnlyFans, um, non-adult content creators. And you, recommending 
non-adult content creators in the search bar and in the feed. Is, is OnlyFans doing that now? Yeah, they've got OFTV. What's that? But they've actually started promoting um, porn stars on OFTV. It's quite weird how they, who they pick and choose to promote. What does it stand for? OnlyFans. OnlyFans TV. It's just oh, TV, like, TV. I guess yeah, TV. That right. goes. I don't really use it. I've seen some people use it. I think they more so do it. It's like YouTube, but OnlyFans TV. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And it doesn't interest me. Have you <laughs> like? Have you always been involved in like more entertainment and you know OnlyFans apps like you know the nude photos on Snapchat? Have you ever done any like escorting or? Um, so you've never been involved in like actually having s- sex with? Oh, okay, okay. So well, oh, you're you're shaking your head, which you guys can't see right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like no. I look, I can't get laid in my personal life, let alone find someone to lay online. Um, but porn is like I have a Pornhub account, but I created it to take my name from the account and redirect traffic to a monetized platform. Um, you can also monetize on Pornhub. What would you if do? you've got a model account? Yeah, right. And on Pornhub, would you do like are they just solo videos? Yep. So all my content is solo content. Yeah. I have made other videos with um, other girls, but nothing that is like, uh, I'm not going to go down on a chick. Yeah. I'm not going to eat a pussy. That doesn't really, I, I can't hide that. I'm like, I'm so, when I'm in the zone creating content, I'm like, you got to get it from this angle, but looks really good here. Now zoom in on the vagina. Like I could be, a, I reckon a director for porn. I'm like, yeah. Porn and we'll put the glitter here and baby oil. Yeah. Cause I did this last year. So I can do it. Not porn, not porn director, but I rented a massive house in Sydney and then got a couple of girls to create content with. Um, and we would do it a couple of days a week. Um, and it was really fun. But then this year I've gone on another tangent and created a photography and event studio. So well, you can do it yeah. there too. Well, not at the moment. We haven't got to that point yet, um, but I think it'll be a good space. I want to come up with a, um, uh, I guess, like a membership or a package that is reasonable to target them that audience because I'm targeting quite a few audiences with photographer memberships, influencer memberships, and then I want to put together an after dark memberships for content creators. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah, the studio is very versatile, very um, inclusive and, yeah. I love that. Yeah. You're such an entrepreneur. I love it. Yeah, that's how my brain works. But <laughs> it just yeah. generates ideas. Oh, that's great. Um, and at least you're doing, like, something you actually – doing something with your ideas. You're not just sitting there and like, you know, having all these ideas and not acting on them. So that's great. Well, I did that for like three years when I lived in Newcastle and I feel like last year was very, Oh, I lost sorry. You. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's my phone's got 20% battery. Oh, um, I feel like last year everything came full steam ahead because I moved from Newcastle and then all my ideas came all at once. It was very like, emotionally overwhelming and like yeah mm. but <laughs> it's all steady wins the race if you've got an idea it literally takes like five years to like totally. come to life 
<laughs> it, that really surprises me that you've had issues with men in relationships, seeing as you're not, you're not doing any escorting, you're not actually sleeping with other, other men. So it's like, no, that would probably be the main issue for, for guys. I'm very, um, yeah, but I'm very blunt, honest. I'm Naries. So <laughs> I'm a bit of a firecracker, <laughs> but I also don't take shit. Like I think combining when you've been in business as well, you get a lot of shit that you've got to deal with and you're just like, straight to the point, not going to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Dating, like so many people lie these days and it's just so see-through. I'm like, I'm just not even going to entertain it. Like I'm running three businesses over here. I don't need to bullshit. Like this is what I want. This is how I communicate. I appreciate good communication and honesty. If you can't bring that, then adios, bye. Totally. Like, yeah. And what about like in terms of like your family and everything? Like have you told your family about your line of work? How do they feel about it? Um, my, my family have been on my social media for like years. Um, so I created a little mini series on my YouTube channel, Cherry Dana, uh, around the reasons why I got into the industry. Um, and then my family, their take on it, my friends, their take on it, um, and how it's had a ripple effect. I think there's a lot of people that get started in the industry for monetary reasons and thinking that it'd be a quick fix and that it's super easy, which is not the case. And anyone who's sharing those videos online just needs a forward slap because it just doesn't work that way. (laughs) Um, You don't wake up and roll into a pile of gold. Like I always say you sell a bit of your personal life. You're essentially selling a bit of your soul with everything more you get into and you need to understand that it has ripple effect on your family, friends and any work that goes outside of this. Mm. Um, like just over the weekend, I was with my family, um, and went to watch band play. Um, and the guy that was in the band was the son of the family member. And I asked his mom, do they shoot music videos? Cause I have a studio. She asked her son, his response to me was, we shoot music videos all the time, but we don't do R-rated content if that's what your studio is like because he knew of me from social media and I was just like, it's kind of unnecessary to say. I asked if you do music videos, like what's that got to do with R-rated content? Yeah, in front of everyone as well. And I was just like, you just look like a dick. Like no one, it's rude. Yeah. Yeah. That'd, mm. be, that'd be hard and just, just unnecessary. But I think that just all yeah. comes back down to the, the whole discussion of like lack of education and awareness that in Australia and yeah. people are so backwards. Yeah. It's um because I get really bad social anxiety as well from having a large social media account. Um, I've noticed a lot of other large social media influencers, they don't really go anywhere by themselves. Mm because it's kind of awkward. So I've been attacked like three times in what do you mean? public in Newcastle uh, when I've been out drinking, like people throw, throw drinks at me, cups at me. Um, oh, babe. Yeah, I've been attacked by cab driver. I've been attacked, yeah, a few different times. So um, my social anxiety is like usually through the roof. Like I did a lot of social anxiety therapy uh, last year, especially during lockdown, because I got to the point where I didn't want to leave my house, not even to go to Coles. 
Mm. Um, so especially with lockdown, it would have enabled you to have that avoidance mechanism with yeah. social anxiety that it almost like projects it and makes it so much worse. Yeah. Just even going to, I went to state of origin, uh, last week and my friend, I, I got Chloe to catch a train with me. Cause I was like public transport. There's lots of people. That's like an unsafe kind of like public area. Um, I got Chloe to catch a train with me to meet my other friend so I wasn't by myself or I would just catch an Uber. I'd be like, there's not a chance I'm catching public transport by myself. Yeah. And being in such a populated area. Yeah. And I don't do music festivals. Nope. Yeah, I mean, fuck music festivals anyway. It's so, no. so hectic. <laughs> well, no, not really. Fuck them. I shouldn't say that because it's like my part yeah. of and butter, but like. <laughs> but, they're, they're, they're not really my jam anymore. And I, I used to deal really badly with um, social anxiety as well years ago. And I fully feel for you. It's so debilitating and so difficult. And when you get stuck in your head about it and feel like mm-hmm. you don't have the right amount of people like supporting you through it. It's just so, so hard. I used to be really yeah. ashamed of it. So I wouldn't speak to anyone about it. And it just made it like tenfold. Um, but I've definitely like overcome it um, now, which is great. But yeah, I can, I just remember every moment so, so in depth. It was horrific. So yeah. What tips did you do to overcome it? Um. <laughs> It's probably not going to be like viable for you because you have obviously a lot of businesses, but I was quite young. I I quit my job and I like booked a one-way ticket overseas and just kind of like got away and really kind of put myself in a bunch of situations that were really daunting. Um, So I just, I tried to do all the coping mechanisms that my psychologist gave me and Mm -hmm. I would work myself so much up. I'd work myself up about them so much that it was just, it was too, it was too much. It was so debilitating that the lead up to one of these social situations that it just wasn't even worth going in the end. Um, so there's obviously so much stuff you can do, like don't avoid it, go to it. Like, have you got like, you know, the little traits, like say something you can see, say something you can hear, like to get your mind off your anxious thoughts, but yeah, you know, that's all good. But it's, it's also really hard. I, I do actually take medication for my anxiety now. Um, and mm-hmm. it, I know, I know everyone's like got their own opinions on it and stuff, but it completely changed my life. Um, you know, obviously moving away and doing that whole big life journey solo was helped a lot and I came a long way, but I just still felt like I had this little, you know, thing that was holding me back. And so I I decided to go on medication and yeah, it's, I'm still on it. It's been like six years and it has allowed me to achieve so much more in the past six years than I thought I ever could have. So yeah. So no regrets on that behalf, but yeah. yeah. If it works, it works. Totally. I I usually, uh, to the thing where you trace your hand. Yeah. Yeah. You trace your hand, yeah, as a like a distraction. Totally. It's, it's anything that you can do to like get, <laughs> to get your mind not racing over that one thing, anything that can distract mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah. I guess it's just I would find it so hard to come out of that zone when I was in, in it, if that makes sense. Like no, yeah. matter, no matter what, I'd try and do all these coping mechanisms. Like I'd go to the bathroom, I'd take a moment to breathe, and I just was just like, so intense. I just even, I I remember like I went to like a work dinner one time when I was like 22 and like, I just kept having to go to the bathroom every few minutes. And I look back at it now and I'm like, God, I must've looked like a fucking freak. Like I was getting up every (laughs) toilet. So 
Yeah. I feel like that's me anyways because I have a really crappy bladder, so, so I just like pee all the time. <laughs> I'd get like pee phobia as well that like, you know, that I couldn't. So yeah, like that I wouldn't be able to go to the bathroom. And so, yeah, then I, that, I felt like I created so many different habits off the social anxiety that just like went into all these different things. Yeah. So yeah, it was, um, it was difficult. Um, yeah. I'm just looking through my questions. What about like for someone who's wanting to start an OnlyFans and get into an, um, get into the industry, what advice would you give them? Um, I think firstly, they need to work out the reason why it is they want to create an account. Um, just the money is great, but it's not as easy as what people make out. It's actually a lot harder than having a full-time job, the amount of time, effort, and energy. You need to remember that you're on a platform that doesn't sleep. It's a bit like New York, the city that doesn't sleep. You're targeting people that are international. So people expect you to responding to their messages all the time. You have to be creating content. You, you have to be on the go. It's not just about, hey, I create a video and I sell it. You still need to have like your personality behind it, chatting to people. It takes a mental toll. Like, do you want to look at people sending you dick pics? I love it. Froth for it. Send me all the dicks in the world. But it took me, it took me quite a long time to get that point. I was one of those people that used to get angry about people sending me dicks on Instagram. They don't really do it anymore because I'm like, send it to me on OnlyFans. Mm. Froth for penis. Love seeing them. I'm guilty of masturbating to them too. I'm that weird. I've got that kink. Yeah, I've got that kink. It's just, I'm like, fuck. See, that I even do it for me in that way, but, like, I love breaking down a fucking dick pic. Like, I just feel like every dick pic I ever get, I have, like, so many on my phone, and they're all yeah. so awful. Like, they're so fucking No, awful. I have so many good dicks on my um, oh. OnlyFans. Yeah, oh. send them through. I'm like, maybe oh. I do have some good pics, but I feel like a lot of the pics that guys have sent me are, like, <laughs> there's this one and there's, like, a knocked-over rubbish bin in the background oh. he's like exposed yeah. pipes he hasn't even like pulled down his <laughs> like balls hanging over his gray undies like it's like fuck. okay so this is a weird one well i think it's a little bit i don't understand why they do it guys that wank when they take a shit oh is that a thing uh, yeah with some people it is it's really that. random they like when send the wanking videos while they're sitting on the toilet well i don't know but they do it sitting on the toilet and i'm like Oh, and then you can see the bowl. Yeah, and their feet on the floor. And I'm like, are they just wanking so the cum goes into the toilet? Or, like, there's so many guys that do it. Surely it's not a thing. Like, get a sock. Get some toilet paper. The sock thing. Do it in the shower. I'm like, I don't want your fucking cum sock on my foot. Like, what's up with that? We, I mean, I guess we'll never know. I I don't know. I put a towel down because I squirt quite a bit, but like put a towel down, do something. I don't know. I'm jealous. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's look, it does take a bit of practice. Mm, I've been, we've been, my partner and I've been trying, um, or he's like, you're, you, I can feel it coming on. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to fucking piss everywhere. Like, 
Yeah. So yeah, just let it go. Yeah. Like you're gonna have to piss yourself eventually to yeah. overcome that fear of I'm gonna piss myself. Yeah, I, I spoke to this um like Yoni masseuse and she does a lot of stuff with like yeah. squirting and everything and a lot of people's fear is the the pissing thing. Relax. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should just try it yourself. Firstly. Yeah, I've. I've tried. I don't know. Just get your finger and hook it in. It's about that far in and just hook and put pressure. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to try and make myself square. <laughs> uh, literally, just put some, a bit of pressure because you don't need to put, like, all your fingers in there. Just, like, try with one, a bit of pressure about that deep in and you'll feel it's, it's, not, it's not a bone, but it feels a bit like it and just put some pressure on there. What about, like, do you rub your clitoris at the same time as your G spot inside of you when you're going to squirt? So you need you need. I can squirt both ways. So you could squirt just from your G spot, um, but would it come yeah. if you ha- if you were doing both? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I can do both. So I can just do um, clitoral stimulation and squirt that way, or oh. I can do both, or I could do G spot. Yeah. You lucky motherfucker. You just you just got to keep practicing at it. Get a toy. I used to be addicted to toys many many oh, years yeah, ago, and point. I gave myself I gave myself clit damage, like nerve damage in my clit, many many moons ago because I overused vibrators. Yeah, I don't recommend it. I was using them like seven times a day, and it got to the point where I would turn it up and turn it up, and it wasn't strong enough because I was like, oh, I'm so used to this. And then I went onto a shower head, and oh, yeah. then I just had to stay away from them. Done the showerhead thing before. I I have to give myself a break from the vibrators for a little <laughs> bit just because, like, I'd get with this is like when I was so single and I would just like fucking use them every day. And then I'd get with a guy and they'd go yep. down to me and I'd be like, Are you licking it? I'd be, it'd feel like they're not fucking doing anything. <laughs> I'm like, Because I'm just like using this fucking full force vibrator on my clip. Uh, well, last yeah. week I broke my um, real cock, the suction cocks. It's called oh, real cock, the brand. Yeah, yeah. I fucking broke it. I snapped it off because I was like, I just, I just, I haven't had sex in a while. And the dude that I regularly sleep with is being a bit of a, a um, holding out sex from me. Oh. So um, I've been frustrated. Yeah, I don't understand why guys do that. How like, I'm like, you tell me you want to have sex, and then you're just like withholding or saying you're too busy, and it's like you've been is busy someone- for like over a month now. Yeah annoying is is he someone yeah. you pay or it, he's just like a casual sex person no 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 I had sex with him like a year ago um and then he's just kind of come back into the picture because sex is really good I don't pay him he wishes I paid him yeah yeah <laughs> maybe if I paid him he would turn up you fucking get to my house <laughs> like, if I pay you I'll pay you twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll start the just a little, just a little, little bit to get you in. That's so yeah. No. So, so what about like? So obviously, you know, with these women like wanting to get into the industry or start an OnlyFans, like just you know, we were talking about dick pics and yeah, I guess just, like yeah, you. you I think just. Right. Yeah, if they just really figure out what it is that they hope to get from the industry apart from money and if it's something that they want to do long-term um, to realise that if it does get out that it might affect getting a job afterwards, mm-hmm. it might affect your family, 
Um, your parents may not, like we've interviewed so many entertainers on Charity TV on our YouTube where we talk about the ripple effect that the industry has had on family relationships, what it was like when they told their parents. Um, you'll find most people in the industry are, are single. Um, we talk about consent at work as well. Um, we talk about the difference between digital content and physically like, I guess, like being a stripper or being a waiter, um, an escort, things like that. One's a physical service, one's a digital service. Mm. Um, we also interview porn stars because porn is completely different to just an OnlyFans account. Um, it just depends on what it is that you want to do within the industry and I guess doing your research in I want to say finding someone that you can use as a mentor. Mm, that definitely. But, yeah, but before you go copy what you think is the right thing to do, make sure it is right. Because if you notice everyone's creating your OnlyFans and they're just making it $5 or $3 and pretty right. much giving all this content away for free and posting on their timeline for free and not understanding that there is internal marketing that can be done Mm. on OnlyFans and there are ways to make a fuck ton more money than just having a subscription. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, so I guess in saying that, like in, do you want to do it if they want to do it long-term? Like, do you, is this your plan to do it long-term? Like, do you, do you have an exit strategy? Oh, me? Yeah. Or them? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, me or them? No, 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 you. <laughs> is this something you want to do? Um, I've year? done it long-term. Um Obviously, twelve years is long term, but like you know, <laughs> do you want to do you do this when you're forty five, or do you want to have um, one of your other businesses and kind of you know go into that more? Yeah, no. So I did create the studio as part of an exit strategy, and I did create Cherry DTV as a part of in the future being able to create a mentor program for people that will come into the industry or are a part of the industry and that. also the studio creating a safe space because especially since um, I guess COVID and so many people creating content, unfortunately there are a few dodgy people that say they can help shoot content for you or with you and it's not necessarily safe. You don't have safe spaces or people are going to other people's houses and meeting in hotel rooms. Um, not more so your R-rated content, but even just shooting with photographers for just nude content that doing TFP shoots isn't necessarily the best option to go with sometimes. Um, time to print. So where they just exchange, the photographer will shoot for free, the girls shoot for free, photographers try to get touchy-feely photographers try to get them to do more than they want to do that kind of unsafe environment and girls not understanding, I guess, model release forms, content, where they stand with what they own. Um, and just like talking about that, talking about tax, talking about money, what to do with your money, how to save your money. Like there's so much that I think people just don't understand and 100%. I'm guilty of being that person and I've learned all this over like the past 12 years and it's, there's a lot yeah. to learn. Even just thinking about like model release forms and like your tax and what to do with your money, like all of that, like they're such important things that I feel like, you know, a girl starting out might not even dive into. Like, and, no. 
and like. But even signing OnlyFans contracts, you know, with um, management teams running your OnlyFans for you. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those contracts. No. They're pretty brutal. Like. In what regards? Oh, so um, they take from gross, not net. Right. So OnlyFans pays you net, um, but the contract will say gross. So essentially you're doubling whatever the figure is or adding an extra 20% on top of whatever that percentage is. So if they say they're taking 20% from gross, you're actually only getting paid net. So you've got an extra 20% on top of Mm. how much you're earning. So you're actually losing an extra 20% because you're not getting that physically in your bank account. Wow, that's hard. Yeah, so they get you that way. And if you don't, there's so many clauses. I think the best advice would be if, before you sign a contract, seek legal advice and yeah. find a really good solicitor. Like it took me a while, but I found a really good one. She's a girl. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I've... Kind of more ventured towards finding a lot more women mm. that are in roles rather than males because they just seem to disregard you because of the industry. Totally. Um, yeah. So I find more uh, stronger females that are really good at their job. I love that. That's, I think that's so important yeah. to do as well. Fuck yeah. Mm. And then I guess yeah. to wrap things up. And I've got two, two little questions for you. Yeah. Um, one, like, do you have any like, you know, wild, crazy stories that have happened, you know, over the past 12 years? Like what do you reckon the craziest thing would be since you've been in the industry? Oh. You look so hot like that, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Marilyn Monroe energy, like with the uh, short hair. And, like, <laughs> love it. I was like, you weren't sitting there picturing me squirt there. <laughs> no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> I love um, it. No, so there was a a waitressing job I did many, many moons ago and it was like four or five guys. It was at the Darling at the casino, um, two-bedroom apartment. There were three waitresses, four escorts booked. I was one of the waitresses. My friend was one of the waitresses. It was a Friday night. I ended up having, a, it was like a vodka Red Bull and one of the guys He was sitting there talking to me and my friend about his wife and whatnot, and he's like, oh, do you want a little bit of M? Of course, I'm not going to pretend I'm a saint. I used to work parties for like 10 years. Of course, I've tried drugs over the time. (laughs) Anyways, so he he sprinkled a little bit of it into my glass, and I'm not going to lie. Thank fuck he did that because what happened after that, I was like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) I was like flying a wall. Oh, so my friend and I, we just like sat there talking to each other and we realised everyone had left the room. So we go on an adventure to find everyone, the rest of the party, because we're like, where'd everyone go? Why are we, We're being paid. We should probably work. <laughs> we went to the room where we had our bags and the guy that was talking about, you know, his wife and whatnot and sprinkled the M in there, he was in that room with the other waitress. And we were like, oh, they were kind of getting hot and headed with you on the bed. And Mm. we were like, oh, yeah, sorry, we just wanted to check our bags. We'll go to the other room. (laughs) So we went to the other room. Fuck, we walked in there and there was like four escorts and I'm pretty sure three or four guys. I can't remember the amount of guys. 
maybe it was four total. There was three in there, but there was a couple having sex in the bed. There were two girls and a guy about to have sex. And then there was a couple in the shower having sex. And I was just like, wow. So <laughs> I just kind of like sat against the wall with my drink being like, I guess I'll just watch. Yeah. So I sat against like the glass and my friend sat next to me like on a chair and then three girls started going down on each other, like all on the bed. And then everyone was kind of swapping and changing. One girl liked it really rough. She was just very intoxicated, but she, she wanted it rough. And I was like, wow, this is intense. So she wanted to be like hit in the face and like, she had like bruises and a few scratches on her. Um, and then she wanted to go down on like either me or my friend. And I'm like, oh, I've got my period. Sorry. Um, not, I'm not, I'm not into girls that way. So then my friend Good excuse. who was waitressing with me, yeah, she was, um, she's very open to sexually with like girls, guys. Um, and she's like, sure. So she got paid 200 bucks and the girl went down on her and I was sitting next to her on the floor just like watching being like. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Do you I feel was like, like you yeah, haven't I- learnt any good sex tips watching? No, I was so fucked up. No, <laughs> I'm just like trying to remember the story. No, I went to a sex party recently actually. I didn't learn any sex tips there either, but I was like this is interesting. It's like porn in real life. Right. Is it a sex party? It was kind of boring, to be honest. I think it was only boring because I didn't really have anyone to play with. Yeah, there were a lot of couples. Is it like a swingers party? Not really. I guess there were people there that were swinging, but it was so many girls and not many guys. Mm, So you think it would be the other around? No. Well, apparently they don't really do that. They don't really allow a lot of single males to go to the sex parties. And how do you get to go to a sex party? Um, you buy tickets, but I think if they're a bit sus on you, they kind of um, search you on social media and then they also like, they see you at the door so they can not let you in. So anyone if they want to. It's not like an invite code. Mm, I think there's some that most people can go to. Like a group of 10 guys wouldn't be able to buy tickets and go. Mm, Fair. If it was a mixed crowd, maybe. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Oh my God, that's like a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah. And then, I guess, <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm like so intrigued about that stuff. And mm. then, what about? Um, I always, well, always, it's a new kind of thing I've added into the pod, but I want to give my listeners a sex tip for the week. So, cool. um, <laughs> you're like, oh no, I gave you a sex tip with the finger. <laughs> True. True. And then how to square. I, I was actually saying this to Chloe today because I read read your questions and I was like, fuck, sex tips. I can't even get laid. Like, <laughs> I, I've got old mate who won't even come put his penis inside of me. So like, I don't know. No. I, I honestly would say sex tip would be everything comes down to communication though. Mm-hmm. If you want to, I guess, explore any kinks, fetishes, um, they don't even have to be kinks or fetishes, but just to explore anything, then I guess open communication is the best practice, whether it be for like safety consent, having a play word, a safe word, um, just communicating 
how something feels. Like it might just even be doing like a normal, like your partner could be going down on you and you instructing what feels good, what doesn't feel good because he can't feel what's going on for you and how it feels. So he's going to rely on your feedback. So I think if you are expecting or wanting your partner to do something for you or with you, then you have to communicate effectively as well. Mm. And not just expect them to know. No, it's true. It's true. If if mm. you don't like something, but you do a little moan, they might not know whether that moan's good or bad. So yeah, I think communication's important in every aspect of a relationship for sure. Yeah. And not just moaning because you think moaning is going to make them come faster. Yeah. Like, we're we're like, all guilty of being doing that at one stage or another. <laughs> yeah. I can for sure. <laughs> no, nah, just nibble on their ear. Yeah. Yeah. And like breathe, yeah, that makes them come a little bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good tip, how to make a guy come faster because I feel like, you know, sometimes when you just kind of want it to be over. I don't know, <laughs> that sounds so bad saying that, but yeah. like, what can you how, what can you do to get them there quicker? So, yeah, a little well, nip here. Yeah. I kind of like, I don't, I know some other girls do this too though, telling a guy not not when they can come but, being like, okay, I'm ready for you to come now. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, I really, like, you can come now. Like, I really want you to come. Mm. And then it just, like, they switch and they're like, okay. Yeah, that's true. And they can come. They're, like, bring it back. Yeah. I'll even say, like, um, like, I can't wait for you to come in me. Like, I'll say shit like that. And (laughs) that, like, really kind of gets them going, I guess. Yeah. Oh, my God, so funny. Yeah. Well, I've absolutely loved talking to you. This has been so fun. You are such a fucking legend. So, yeah, we'll definitely definitely have to do another one sometime. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm sure um, my listeners will froth this episode and it's super informative. So, yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) No worries. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God, and it's perfect. Your phone. It's perfect timing because my phone's like 10%. (laughs) we love that um all right i'm gonna i'll yeah i'll press stop on the recording and then i will say our goodbyes separately but um thank you so much for listening everyone i hope you guys loved this episode and learned lots of fabulous sex tips things about OnlyFans, things about the industry and i will see you all next week Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode.